0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of RN.FM Radio. We want to thank you for spending your Monday with us or whatever day you happen to be listening to us archived. Either way, we're working hard to bring you valuable content that makes you better both personally and professionally. If you're looking to feel uplifted, especially on a Monday, motivated and ready for something that moves the needle for you, Then you're in the right place welcome I'm Kevin Ross here in my studio in Colorado my fellow co-host Keith Carlson from New Mexico is also here with us Keith how are you doing brother
1: I'm great Kevin thanks Uh, greetings to everyone from sunny Santa Fe though the Sun actually just went down but it was sunny all day as usual and we're doing great here very excited to have our guest on the show tonight and we have some wonderful guests coming up that we'll tell you about at the end of the show but this is a great night to be here. We're always happy to bring RNFM Radio to you. And I just wanted to let you know, if you would like to connect with us on Twitter, we are at RNFM Radio. And we have a tweet chat going tonight. I see that Nurse Friendly is already out there. Hi, Andrew. And you can find us on tweet chat at tweetchat.com rooms slash rnfm radio but if you're using regular old garden variety twitter you can also just put hashtag rnfm radio in any tweet and you, you will go right into the list of tweets that's coming up on tweet chat and if you have a question for us just put it on there and we will we will forward your question to our guest or if you have a question or comment for either kevin or me so you can connect with us on twitter we're also on iTunes so you can download our free podcast at iTunes just go to the search bar type in R N F M radio and you can download all of our podcasts this is episode 35 so this is the one you're listening to if you're listening to the archive now but there are 34 other episodes for you to listen to at your leisure and of course on blogtalkradio.com/rnfmradio you can always listen to our archive shows there and we're thankful to be on ProMedNetwork.com slash RNFM Radio. So those are the three places that you can find our episodes if you'd like to listen to them after the fact. And we're always welcoming of calls from our listeners. And there's a live call-in number, which is 347-308-8064. That's 347 347- three zero eight eight zero six four i'll try to remember to tweet that out in a few minutes and mention it later on in the show anyway i'd like to turn the mic back over to kevin up in boulder for him to introduce our guest for this evening who's in the chicago area so kevin take it away
0: isn't an amazing keith on how how and where we can be found i mean all of those places itunes Promed network you can call us if you'd like we'd appreciate a phone call Let me just tell us what's up. So, and of course, all the social media platforms. Anyway, I love Mondays just for this reason alone, so that we have our show and can spend time with each other. And of course, these wonderful guests that we have on. Speaking of a wonderful guest, Mary Turdish, wellness coach and nurse. Mary has been a holistic registered nurse for over 35 years, working in pediatrics, med surge, psych, home health, and case management. She also holds a BS in health, is a Lean and Expectations wellness coach and was honored to be one of 23 nurses chosen to be on the DVD honoring nurses, a uh, work of heart. And, of course, I'm going to let Mary tell you what Lean stands for, that acronym. Mary is the owner and wellness coach for Holistic Healthy Solutions, providing education and tools for improving health and wellness. She has a goal of improving the health of the world one person at a time through education and empowering others to take control of their wellness. Mary speaks internationally to groups of all ages on health, wellness, and nutrition. Mary, welcome to the show.
2: Why, thank you, Kevin and Keith, for having me. It was an honor to be invited.
1: Well, and it's an honor to have you here, Mary. We're really happy to have you. And if you want to just start off, we did give a little bit of history of what you've done in nursing, but if you'd like to tell us a little snippet about your nursing career, we'd love to hear a little bit about how this all started, how you got started in in the nursing
2: profession. Um, sure. Well, like, like uh, you said, I've been a nurse for 35 years. I did start nursing school right out of high school. And I always knew that I wanted to make a difference, to help people, and I decided I was going to make a mission statement for myself, and it was to help make this a healthier world one person at a time. And I feel like I've evolved more and more towards that throughout my career. Hmm.
1: So a personal mission statement, did someone inspire you to do that, or was that just an idea that you'd already known about and you decided This is what I really need for myself.
2: You know, I I went to a nursing school that was very, very holistic in nature, and I've always been really holistic in my nursing practice. I um, had instructors that did encourage us to to look at life and caring for patients in that way, and they did encourage us to create a mission statement.
1: Wow. 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 That is powerful. Now, did, did, did that mission statement change over time, or has it been the same since the beginning?
2: You know, I, I said it at first, and I didn't really think about it all that much. I felt like I was on the right path. But over the last, say, 15 years or so, I, like I said, I feel like I've evolved even more and more into doing just that, what that statement you know, was all about. And I I think I just naturally carry that to everything I do in everyday life. Nursing isn't just what I do. It's who I am. And my family certainly can attest to that.
0: Well, you know, Mary, speaking of evolution and transitions here, what do you feel, because you mentioned working in P's and med surgeons, like, Do you feel that there was any, of course, the combination, I'm sure, brought you to where you are today. But was there one subspecialty area that you felt really kind of laid um, that foundation of, you know, sort of you've got your mission statement and you're actually executing on that. And then you sort sort of take the next step. So, I mean, was there one area specifically that um, you that that helped you transition into to the entrepreneur and the in the services that you provide today, and I, I, we'll talk more about those services. But um, can you tell us a little bit about that specific experience?
2: Yeah, I think it's always been the the public health realm, the community health realm, the home health. That I have done over the years and and just so you know too i mean that 's a lot of different specialties i didn 't just hop from unit to unit, um, my husband was transferred a lot during our um, life, and you know going to new places and and finding a new um, way to share my nursing career led me to various different um, you know, specialties, but it was the home health and then now doing the individual coaching and the health lecturing, that I feel like I really am accomplishing that, making it a healthier world one person at a time, because very often what I was doing at the hospital was meeting a very important need, obviously. But I wasn't always accomplishing that long-term goal.
0: Hmm. Well, and, and Mary... Like I said, with the Peds, the Med Surg, the Psych, the Home Health, and Case—I mean, you really have some well-rounded experience there. That um, I, 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 for one, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, feel like that um, y- you've you've got a lot to bring to the table here when you know you're providing these types of services because this is really head-to-toe, um, you know, pretty much all age ranges. And, uh, you you know, working, like I said, working from peds and I'm sure then, you know, a lot with adults. And so, um, you know, it really sounds like there is there is quite a bit of experience and, and, uh, you know, whether it's clinical expertise and just sort of uh, being able to deliver certain messages, um, you know, to to a variety of populations out there. Um, And so, you know, I I applaud that, um, you know, all that all those years of experience and, and bring that to the table.
2: Well, thank you. And it it was it was a, a journey of love all the way. You know, areas that I had an interest in and, and wanted to learn more about, wanted to share what I had to offer and learn from them as well. And I do believe that it has been a path to to get me where I am. I think the jobs and positions that I accepted it, it wasn't necessarily just um just an accident. I think those were there for a reason to put me where i am today
1: mm. i just wanted to say um nurse friendly our friend andrew out there is on the tweet chat and he's made a few comments already about what you said mary one thing he said was how many of us have a personal mission statement and with a question mark and a and a smiley face uh-huh. and then he wrote He wrote, Mary is making the world healthier one person at a time, something she could not do in the hospital. And that's an interesting statement from a nurse because we all know that we can't always make our patients healthy in the hospital. And it's wonderful that you're out there as a nurse educating people and you don't have to do it in a hospital setting. And it's a great thing for other nurses to know that it's possible.
2: Absolutely. And I, you know, I'm very proud to be part of the medical profession and have a great deal of respect for nurses who work in clinical settings and in the hospital, and, and I'm very grateful for well-stocked emergency rooms and, and surgical suites, but I really like being on the prevention side of nursing now instead of the sick care side.
1: Mm, uh-huh.
0: now,
1: would you,
0: you say that... I was just going to say, would you? would you... Uh you know, that That being said, that that seemed, was that really the, the point of you transitioning into where you are today? But, of course, I don't know, Keith, if that builds on what you were trying to say.
1: That was uh, about or, the question I was going to ask, Kevin. Right, right.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't really something that guided me to where I am today. I, I believe where I am today found me. I, I don't think I I was looking for it i I believe that this is where I was supposed to be, because, like you said, my skills seem to be perfectly suited to what I'm doing so so yes definitely i I feel like that is part of that whole mission statement and where I started from
1: mm. now mary if i c if I may, I'd like to ask you a question: Who do you like to work with who are your let's see how would I frame this? Who's your ideal client? Who do you want to walk in your door or call you, and what is that person like? What are they looking for, and what can you deliver to them?
2: Okay. Well, obviously, my ideal client would be somebody that's absolutely ready to make changes and follow through on them, that is really looking to be open-minded about the connection between nutrition and lifestyle and disease and want to make that difference in their life.
0: Well, and actually, if the perfect client is out there, uh, please feel free to call in at (laughs) 347-308-8064 because I would like to actually meet you and talk to you. Um, You know, boy, Mary, I I know, it's. wouldn't we all love to have a client like that?
2: Absolutely. Ready for that change. And and very often, um, clients are, are looking but they're not quite ready to make those big changes yet. And that's okay because there's a way to help those people too with just taking baby steps initially. And you have to kind of guide them and let them guide you along the the coaching process as you're finding resources that are going to fit their needs.
0: What are the Mm -hmm. obstacles that your your potential clientele are telling you when, when they're coming to you? And and of course, you're talking about the baby steps. Of course, we need to, you know, the changes have to be small, incremental, not a huge impact on somebody's life because they've been living a certain way for so long. You know, to make those kinds of big changes, Um, you know what? What are they telling you? They're saying, okay, Mary, I want to do this, but what's the but?
2: Um, It can be lots of different things. Uh, Sometimes it can be financial. If you're recommending some sort of uh, a resource, but more often than not, it's just they don't have the energy. Sometimes they've been through so much in getting to where they are with the diagnosis or just feeling the way they do that they don't have the energy to make the kinds of changes. Sometimes it's because they've bought into... They, they bought into the concept that you have to medicate yourself out of a problem that you lifestyled your way into, and they're looking mm. for a quick fix. Hmm.
1: So let me repeat that. So they they medicate themselves out of a problem that they lifestyled themselves into. I love that. That's, that's That says so much about our culture, doesn't it?
2: It really does, and you can do that, but what happens is that you don't really address the problem. You just address the symptoms, and then you end up on more medications to deal with the side effects from the first medications. And we've all experienced working with patients that you you're, they're on four or five drugs and they're all interrelated dealing with the side effects of one another.
0: Right. Well, and it's interesting because I've had a few conversations with Keith uh, off the air and then I think probably a few of the conversations on the air Regarding how difficult it can be for someone to really look inside themselves and look at themselves in the mirror, so to speak, um, because, you know, when you're triaging or assessing the situation, uh, they're telling you like, well, you know, all of a sudden I just started feeling like this. And you're like, well, all of a sudden, you know, what have you been doing all, you know, up until now? Or, you know, up until this point, what have you been doing? What are the decisions that you've been making, uh, the life choices that you've been uh, making? Uh, Because I don't think that this was necessarily all of a sudden. You might feel symptomatic right now, but what are you – what have you been doing? And, yeah, really kind of coming to terms with that, I find uh, in my practice is sometimes – well, oftentimes difficult. People don't necessarily want to admit um, a lot of those decisions that they've been making, those lifestyle choices. um, Right. And that is, that's just extreme, that's a, that's a big obstacle, I would say, for me and my business, um, to get past that with someone. And that's where the psych piece comes in for you, I think, your psychiatric experience, you know, working in, uh, you know, I, I don't know to what degree, but certainly be able to talk people through this process.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, you don't want to make people feel guilty, And Mm. and you don't want to you know make them feel feel like they were totally responsible for what bad happened to them, but you do want to empower them that they can take control of their their health, you know that their DNA isn't their destiny, and either are their bad bad habits that they've had over the years that all that can gradually change.
1: Ooh, DNA is not your, your destiny. Wow. Yes, I'm going to quote you on that one on tweet chat, so no one else steals it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
2: was
1: going to say you heard it here first.
2: That um, is, yeah, you heard it here first. That, that is one of the most powerful lines in the lecture that I'm doing right now, because your DNA is not your destiny. And I talk to a lot of people, and nurses are some of the ones that especially are holding this idea that, well, my mom had a heart attack at 50, and my dad had cancer, so I'm doomed. Mm-hmm. And I always knew it wasn't true but now we actually have research proving that you know because of epigenetics you can change your DNA you can not right. actually the DNA but you can change whether it's expressed or not it, it isn't really about the genes you inherit it's about the genes you express
1: Mhm. Right exactly and you know Mary I'm curious if you always work with adults or have you had any clients who you um, have engaged who are either adolescents or children to try to cut some of this stuff off at the past before those habits are laid down or those grooves are created?
2: Absolutely. Dealing with a lot of children, especially especially because people start to wake up when there's a diagnosis. So children with cancer or with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis and things like that that parents are looking for a solution for their kids very often when i'm talking to a mom or a dad the first thing they think of is their child and then when we start talking they start realizing wow i need this too mhm
0: well and as a parent myself of of uh, three young boys i can i can definitely say uh supports and services that you know such as yourself that you're providing it it's, it takes everything just to kind of get them uh, fed and clothed and you know in the shower <laughs> or you know in bed and you know enough rest and right. on top you know I I feel very fortunate because you know being a nurse and working with people that have a lot of medical complexity uh, I'm not going very fortunate that my family and my kiddos have their health but you know just imagining what families are going through. Um, on top of just the day to day of what us parents are going through just to just to maintain and you know a lot of these individuals are webmding it and googling this and checking that but ultimately you know having someone such as yourself coming in and really streamlining the process really cutting down you know the time and effort that it takes and not necessarily handing them but you know from your experience you know assessing the situation and being able to deliver uh, something that they can uh execute almost immediately you know into their into their day to day for their kiddos and 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 really saving a lot of time and effort um you know when it comes to health and wellness
2: absolutely i um love focusing on that, and when we are working. With patients, and they're making dietary changes and lifestyle changes, and adding Juice Plus to your, their diet, which is the nutritional component that I work with. They they really are not only changing their own epigenes, but changing future generations. We've we've now seen in research that a a child today who's making these kinds of positive changes in their diet, their grandchildren. Will be healthier because of it.
0: Wow, that's really paying it forward.
2: Yeah, it really is, and you know, we're we're changing lives, we're changing future generations, and creating ripple effects that we will never fully know.
0: Mm. Well, and and I know for me personally, and if, and if anybody has any questions or comments or wants to talk to Mary or Keith or I, hopefully Mary, she's our guest please feel free to call in at 347-308-8064. Um, now, of course, you know, Mary, you know you and I were talking off air, and, of course, Keith, and, uh, you know, I was telling them, you know, to all of our listeners, I'm I'm actually burning the candle at both ends, of course, tonight. Um, you know, after the show, I've got a, a situation that I have to go handle um, in my business and with a patient. And so I'm not going to be very well rested, and my self-care is kind of in the toilet this evening. But I would say, generally speaking, um You know, I know that my wife and i we try we practice um you know good eating habits and you know exercise getting on our bikes or taking walks and and investing in ourselves and our children see that as well um you know and I always hear from my sons that you know well uh, you know, daddy's riding his bike or, you know, he's, you know, he's eating that because he wants to be big and strong. And he's still, you know, they, of course, my kids still think I'm growing, you know, that I'm going to grow up to be big, you know, bigger or something. Um, but you know, I, I see that piece where, you know, you offer that, you know, when you're talking about the investment in your body now paying it forward. And I think that, you know, my wife and I are trying to do that for our, for our kiddos, like this is nothing out of the ordinary. This is just what we do. This is what we've embraced. We've adopted this, um, you know, lifestyle. And it's nothing strange to our children, and and I think starting there, um, not only you know with the with the families, but paying you know sending that message down to them uh, that this is just this is what we just need to do, you know, for our that's bodies. Right. Our bodies deserve it. Right.
1: And Kevin, you get you get up to your. Time. Uh, uh, well, I didn't welcome. mean to get on a
0: soapbox, but it's just it's just really great to hear you, hey, that, Mary. Okay. That, you know, you're working with, with kiddos and families out there because, um, you know, the, there's a big crisis there, and we've got to start early, early intervention. There's proven, uh, you know, there's information out there that, that this is tried and true, that it's very helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, And
2: and our kids do what we do, not just what we say. So providing a good example for them is really powerful. Mm-hmm. The problem is there's a lot of people out there that, they are doing the best that they know. they just don't know all the things that they could be doing.
1: Oh, yes, that's true. That's very, very true. yeah mary i'll I'll share that when before my wife and I got married, she was a single mom, and when my stepson was about two years old, one year old, three years old, she used to uh she didn't really want him to get into sugar real early on. So what she did is that she started feeding him raw kale, and she started making out that kale was this real treat. You know, kale was just, you know, oh, Renee, you want a treat? Have a piece of kale. And <laughs> and by the time I came along, when he was five, he was this little vegetable monster who, you know, I would make little little vegetable plates for him and you know the sprouts would be hair and the spinach would be the beard etc etc you can picture it and he would devour it and of course as a teenager he went through a period of time where all he wanted was sugar of course but now he's married to a woman he's 29 his wife is 30 and they're so into a healthy diet and healthy lifestyle, they're eating healthier than, than my wife and I are. And it really does pay. I know it doesn't with every child, but I'm seeing with my child that he's taken what he learned from us and he's, in, he's incorporated it into his own life and the way that he takes care of his body. And it is a really wonderful thing to see.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Kudos to you and your wife.
1: Oh, thank you.
2: Yeah, yes, you know what? We know that um, in pregnant women, if they eat lots and lots of raw vine ripened fruits and vegetables, the baby mm-hmm. tends to like them more than other kids would. And when they're really? nursing as well, yeah, because the, the fruits and vegetables actually flavor the, the breast milk a little bit. So then when you start introducing kale and cabbage and things like that, the kids accept it more readily.
1: Wow. Mm. Interesting. Boy, that's really well, I know. early. Yeah, that is
2: true. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: That's very early intervention, I guess you mm-hmm. would say. So Mary, I know that you have all sorts of things going on. I know you have a A website that's not quite up and you do have a Facebook page and you also have a book you're working on do you want to tell us a little bit about what I have a feeling I know your book is about can you but can you share with us what it is and what your book will entail
2: well it starts with the blog which no isn't quite up yet and I'll I'll keep you posted on that Um, but it's turn on health with the emphasis on RN in the turn and then just kind of coming out of the concept that i talked about earlier that your dna is not your destiny that you can't always eliminate every bit of disease in the body but you can make your body a place where health thrives Hmm. so
0: no no no, i'm sorry go ahead
2: no so, so that's that's the concept of the blog which obviously that that's what i'm i'm working on initially and then um The book comes out of that in various categories, things that you can do that can impact your health, that can turn on those epigenes for the good genes and turn off the ones for the illness-producing genes.
0: Well, you know, Mary, it was interesting... um Oh, gosh, about 10 minutes ago, you had mentioned uh, when you were kind of giving us a rundown about when you were working with individuals, uh, especially if you're working with them in the home. And, you know, I I think that we are uh, pretty well positioned to to do uh, these things. Of course, call me biased, but hey, I'm a nurse. Um, (laughs) We, I think, are are great at education, and I think we are great at not being – coming across as judgmental Uh, because certainly if you're working with someone in their homes – uh you know working with an individual in their home or their family you know that's a very personal space to them and you know they're already already opening up their their home to you and you're coming in there um and giving them some guidance but first and foremost you're actually looking you know i assume you might be looking in their cabinets or discussing with them about what their meal plan really is what are what are they actually feeding themselves or their kiddos and um you know breaking down those barriers of just kind of having a conversation like and and as you said that um you know you're you, you know, you're talking about this you're not necessarily judging but people are just doing the best that they're that they can do and you know to them that's like okay we think we're doing everything that we can possibly do and then you really open it up for them and say well that's a great start, but here's where i also where I think you can go. this is a direction I think you can go in and and you know taking those baby steps and and really flowing in that healthier you know lifestyle and and sort of bleeding it in or weaning that um or or titrating up as you know weaning it off but sort of titrating up on that mm. uh a little bit and uh and and you're right i do I speak myself very uh often we'll speak with families or individuals and they think. I'm I'm doing really well. And you can kind of break that down and say, yeah, yeah, you, you got a good foundation, but we can really build on this. I mean, so, you know, I, I think what you said there about the judgmental piece um, really hits home for a lot of people. They don't necessarily want to be judged. They come to you for help and they are sick or they are tired. Um, they just need some help.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody wants to feel like they're being judged. That's for sure. And I think nurses have a unique personality in general because we tend to be very compassionate. And we all know that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think nurses are very good at expressing that.
1: Well, we should we should be, and that's really the goal of nursing, isn't it? Really to educate to empower and to allow people to really find their own way but with us as the guiding hand not as the judgmental hand and I think we all would like to be able to do that and hopefully we uh, hopefully we're able to do that now now Mary I had a question to follow up with you Kevin was mentioning about going into people's homes and looking in their cabinets and I've done that as a case manager when I've worked with various populations Do you work with clients in their homes? Do they come to you? Do you talk on the phone? How do you go about your actual uh, counseling and coaching with your clients?
2: I do a lot on the phone, but I also do offer a, um, a, a service where we go in and actually look into the pantry and things like that and have little stickers that we can place on various foods based on what's on the label and the patient themselves. You know themselves are looking at the labels and looking for specific foods specific- specific ingredients
0: now, what are these stickers um
2: what? stickers that are part of the um the coaching system that I use mm. the lean oh, you mentioned that I should explain what that Please. is um yeah, yeah, L- yeah. L-E-A-N, an acronym for lifestyle exercise attitude, and nutrition and um the oh. the stickers are a part of the coaching. Um, process where you can have something that, you know, that's something that is a a yellow light food. Well, that's okay, but you don't want to have that too much. Oop, There's a red light food. You want to make sure you look for a better choice instead of having that on a regular basis.
1: I see. So is the lean lifestyle exercise attitude nutrition coaching something that you studied or something that you created yourself?
2: No, that's something that I studied. It's a it's a coaching system that Dr. William Sears created. He's a America's pediatrician. You've probably read his books when you were you know, raising your little kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Great, Dr. Sears Wellness Institute. I see. Right. Okay. So that's where it is. I'll have to look into that a little bit.
0: Yeah. So, Mary, um, again, going back uh, into the conversation a little bit earlier, you're talking about and again, I think we're, we are all familiar of the quick fixes, the pill, you know, just the just to give me this and fix it, please. Do you have a few items or, you know, few uh, pieces of information that you could give uh, your patients um, that you are giving your patients or? you know, that you could share with us on, you know, the air tonight that are not necessarily quick fixes per se, but a few simple um, steps in the right direction?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I very often, like you said, not only are nurses crispy and burnt out, but pretty much everybody is. We live in a stressful world and don't feel like we have the luxury of self-care. So I recommend heart mass. For mm-hmm. people who are looking for a way to, you know, create create a, a body that's better able to help, you know, and handle the stress that's inevitably going to be coming your way that day, so heart math is something that's very easy to use because you you don't necessarily need any equipment whatsoever. But they do have a really great like little biofeedback unit that you can use. So that's one thing. And, um, I do from a nutritional standpoint, I do recommend juice plus, which is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, and it is or gummy for kids, and it's the most thoroughly researched nutritional product on the planet, which is why, as a medical professional, I was so interested in it
1: hmm.
2: so those okay. are the things that I find really hit hit the the biggies right away and Juice Plus especially, because then people are starting to feel better and realize that they're worth doing something about. It starts getting them on a better track. It helps act as a catalyst to get their health rolling in the right direction.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I don't know if you had something to add there, Keith, but just really quickly, you know, I think as nurses, you know, as healthcare providers, providers, we, we certainly would love for you... To, you know, all of a sudden feel well again, um, you know, and, it, and it's interesting if you could, t- you know, say somebody if I could just take 150, 150 pounds off of you right now, how well you could, you know, you would feel just immediately. And, um, you know, I, I just kind of set it up as if, you know, if you just know where you're going to be, let's say, like, you know, six months from down the road, you know, how how healthier or, you know, how much better you're going to feel in six months. Um, you almost sort of plot out a, um, uh, you know, whether you Google map it or whatever, but just sort of a, a transition, um, planning, planning a trip. We're planning a trip, um, you know, for you to actually meet the better you in six months, you know, because like I said, you can't necessarily do it right then and there, but you just really build up that idea of it's going to be so, you're going to feel so excited and feel so good and feel just so happy and fulfilled that you're going to be meeting the new you here in just, you know, a few short months. Um, and really just sort of plotting that course out, you know, with, that, with those wellness plans.
2: Yeah, I love that verbiage, and, and I think we all <laughs> okay. tend to use verbiage like that that's really positive in nursing, whether we're in a clinical setting or in, in a home setting where we're, we're saying the words that we want the patient to expect. We, mm-hmm. we don't say, okay, here's your medication for your pain. We say, I've got something that's going to help make you feel better and then set up an expectation. I wonder how long it's going to take before you're going to start to get a little drowsy. And mm-hmm. you know, I love your words, planning a trip for you to meet the better you. I wonder how your body's going to start to thank you first for all these changes that you're making.
1: Yeah, that's great. You know, there's. it would be wonderful if there was a way to actually have people see what that could look like. What is that potential future for them? What are they preventing? What are they creating for themselves? And are there ways, Mary, that you can do that with them verbally or in terms of visualization where you can help empower them and also just pique their curiosity about, yeah, what could I really accomplish in the next six to eight months? Do you have techniques you use in that way?
2: Well, I think pretty much just what I just said, where I'm, I'm uh-huh. setting them up and, and focusing on the positive as much as possible, as well as you know looking at the hard research behind the kinds of things that I recommend, because they can then see, okay, this is going to, you know, whether it means anything to them or not, decrease my DNA damage and my oxidative, oxidative stress. that's Mm. been proven to be at the root of disease. If I'm decreasing that, I'm increasing my body's ability to stay as healthy and vibrant as possible.
1: Right, right. Well, that's a great message to send them, and it's a great message for them to internalize. And I have a question for you, Mary, around coaching individuals about nutrition specifically and dealing with their health issues specifically for all those nurse entrepreneurs out there who are interested in this side of entrepreneurship do you feel there are any liability issues or there are ways that you protect yourself so to speak legally when you're giving people nutritional advice or do you even feel that that's necessary in this particular professional experience that you're involved in
2: Oh, well, I think liability insurance for a medical professional is, is essential. I, I don't think that in any setting you should um you know, consider that not necessary. And you know, one of my biggest fears would be to recommend something that I would eventually have to retract and apologize for. So uh-huh. I think also just really doing your due diligence and really researching anything whether it's a treatment or a nutritional product before you do anything. Um however the you know the kinds of good nutritional advice that most people when they're coaching are giving I think you know obviously everybody knows fruits and vegetables that that's a pretty good thing we're not going to ever hear that that is causing people problems.
1: Right. Now, in terms of liability, just to pursue this line of questioning for a second, I know some nurse coaches, and you are a nurse coach, find that their particular liability insurance doesn't necessarily cover them when they're actually coaching people in terms of their private coaching practice. So is that something you also had to uh, do some research about to make sure that you were covered on that level?
2: Yeah, my my Actions, whether i'm you know whenever I'm doing something professionally are covered with the insurance that I have.
1: Oh, good. That's great. I just wanted to ask that question because if it does come up among nurse coaches who are myself included, new to the profession and trying to make sure that we're covering ourselves because we're not necessarily working as nurses, quote unquote, but our nursing skills come to the fore and we still need to consider that we're giving people advice regarding their health or their lifestyle. We need to make sure that we're doing that legally and that we're covered legally just in case.
0: Absolutely. I'm glad, well, I'm glad we're actually talking a little bit about this. We, You know, Keith, we did have that discussion uh, about a month back or maybe a little bit more when we were talking um, about insurance and, you know, coverage and, and whatnot as an entrepreneur. And, of course, you know, it's interesting, uh, you know, one of my... Uh, my malpractice insurance is through uh, uh, professional liability insurance. Rather, is uh, through NSO. You know, and NSO has that. That and it, and of course, it's a, a very inexpensive upsell for something like twenty-five bucks. Um, you know, when it when it uh, talks about you know you as a consultant and lecturing or teaching, and I'm thinking like, well, good grief, that's what I'm doing all the time. I, I am teaching people. I you know I am you know talking in front of groups of people often. Um, you know, I really think, and I don't want to get too off topic here, but I just think as entrepreneurs, something that is fairly new for nurses to sort of step out and become entrepreneurs, I really think we're kind of rewriting things, not only for nursing, but when it comes to the legalese of, of, uh, you know, this insurance, um, because, we are again redefining what nursing really is and i almost i might actually write a blog post on innovative nurse um you know about this little 25 buck upsell cuz i'm thinking like good grief that's just part of my everyday business is what we're doing um you know i mean what do they think i'm doing i'm at the bedside working with patients um i mean they have me listed as an entrepreneur i mean they have my company name you know my company there what i what what services we provide um again i don't want to get too off uh, topic here but, um, you know, I think that there are a lot of nurses that do come to me for for information when it comes to liability insurance. And, you know, I have to say for right now, you know, I would recommend that that little upsell there on the $25. And, again, I don't own anything in NSO. I'm not an affiliate or anything. But, you know, I just feel like you know, we've got to cover ourselves from all angles. But I'm going to talk to somebody at NSO about just sort of rolling that in as a standard uh, piece. Sorry. I just need right.
2: to
1: go off there for a minute.
2: No, I am that. That's good, Kevin. Good. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's very important. Now, Mary, I wanted to ask you an unrelated question to what we were just talking about, was if you still do any bedside nursing, any direct care, or have you completely switched over to your entrepreneurial endeavors?
2: I was at my last nursing job for 21 years and um, left it about a year and a half ago and it was hard to leave because it had been a part of my life for such a long time but it felt so good when i finally did make the decision to focus on my passion
1: Mm, good for you and if there are any nurse entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs out there who would really like to do the same i mean i still work some direct care nursing myself because my coaching practice is still getting off the ground in its first year What would you say are some of the important things to bear in mind to really keep focused on to make the leap that you so bravely made not that long ago?
2: Well, um, it it wasn't that much of a a leap at that point. Um, Again, it was a process for me because I started this while I was still doing um, hospital nursing and then i just kind of gradually cut down more and more and more but i think one of the things you have to do is get your family's buy-in so that they respect your time especially if you're going to be working from home it's very easy to say oh well you're home you do it you know or it just everybody just kind of pop into the office and start talking to you because mom or dad is home and they need to realize that this is you're you're still you're still here, and you're still working, even though you're not punching a time clock. So having a space dedicated to your your profession at home is a really good idea, and being really organized and a self-starter.
0: You know, agreed, Mary. Uh, it, it is interesting. You do have to have family buy-in. And, and it's great to hear you say these things because, again, after all of these shows that we've talked about entrepreneurship, we, we've kind of gotten off off that um, path for a little bit, not say off of it, but we've had quite a few uh, nurses on that aren't necessarily entrepreneurs or they just kind of dabble in a few uh, consulting things, but not really an entrepreneur, but it's good to sort of bring it back. Um, You know, that's certainly where uh, my passion lies right now um, and and has for for years. You do have to have family buy-in and there are going to be some sacrifices that are going to be made. And, you know, I've, I've said several times where, you know, my wife was, she was working, um, Full time. She had a job. I didn't. I didn't have any part time. I, I left Hopkins and then pretty much jumped into the deep end of entrepreneurship. But in that process, I was managing kiddos at home, uh, trying to, to develop uh, sort of my business plan, so to speak, my branding and marketing, and taking my kids, you know, to pitches um, or to, to actually bring them to work, quote unquote, like to these meetings. And have my kids sort of in the corner playing with you know their their toys and, and hanging out and doing that while I was actually you know, doing the work uh, of my business. And then you know I always tell the story where my my youngest at the time uh, I'd be in meetings and the other two were often finally in daycare. And uh, he, you know he's a baby thirteen fourteen weeks old. Uh, my wife went back to work and he's getting passed around uh, to all these uh, lovely people who are willing to kind of rock him and feed him and, and hang out with him while I was you know, providing the (laughs) services that I was there to be. That's great. They just, they just thought it, you know, it was cute. And maybe it even helped. I I don't know. Maybe I should thank my kids here on the air. Maybe they actually helped me grow my business because people wanted to work with that guy. You know, he's a, he balances everything. He's a good dad and he's bringing the kids and he, you could tell he just cares. And I don't know, maybe that actually helped me grow my business a little bit, but I know that I do. I thank my wife, Katie, uh, all the time for, for really providing, um, a rock, financially but just emotionally uh for for my business you know to be where it is today
2: Absolutely I think the emotional rock is probably even more important sometimes
0: You know it you know it um but it is good to hear you also saying that you know a, a lot of times you you do have to you've got your your full-time job or your part-time job and you and you slowly wean yourself off of that and transition into you know the world of of being an entrepreneur and so th- I think that's more common uh, than not, quite frankly. Not, not a lot of people jump off, you know, just head first or feet first or whatever it is, um, you know, in, in the world of entrepreneurship.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, when I first started this, it never occurred to me that this would yeah. become, that, that I would become as passionate about it as I am or that it could totally replace what I was doing before. So it definitely was a process.
0: Well, and I just think people need to a, hear that there's opportunity out there. They you do. You. You've got to take that leap of faith
2: Absolutely. in yourself,
0: that's, in
1: yourself the leap of faith in yourself. And that's quite, a, man, that's quite a leap to take, Mary. And I'm wondering, how did being a nurse shape that experience for you as a business owner? Do you feel like your nursing training really brought anything really important with you in terms of taking that leap and using, say, some of the practices or the ways of thinking that you learned as a nurse? Did they help you along the way?
2: Absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, one of the things that you're taught in nursing school, or at least we were, is that um, we want to present everything to you, but we don't expect you necessarily to remember every little detail, but you need to know where to go to find it, and you will. And I think that has, that has been a big piece of that. I think the compassion of nurses and the relationship skills is so important for a nurse entrepreneur. And I think most nurses do have that that self starter little seed inside them because yeah, you know, a good nurse is always going, what can I what can I find more that can help my patient? What can I find in this chart that might explain what's going on with them? you know if they have the staffing to have the time to actually read the chart which is harder and harder to do but i think those skills and you know nurses tend to be pretty persistent too i think you have to to deal with the the rest of the healthcare team and i think that patient persistence both in thought and action is is key in any kind of success
0: mm-hmm. well you know and and uh, I, I would agree with that and you know one thing that I also um am always talking about and we haven't really talked about it in a while is that you know as nurses we're always looking you know or vying for that that uh place to be part uh you know a key part of the inter interdisciplinary team um but we we you know we want to see this as a collaborative practice. What are your thoughts on on uh collaboration, you know, collaborative practice? You know, whether it's in your specific practice or just you know working with other nurses or other entrepreneurs out there um, and collaborating to, to help grow? Well, first off, provide the services that you're providing, but also grow your business.
2: Oh, I think it's awesome. I think we gain a lot of energy when we work with other medical professionals and just other providers. Um, I, I get a lot of ideas. From talking with other people and working with other people, so I think it's really key. Just like it is in any clinical setting, you have to be a team working together. In the community setting, you can be a team as well and provide better care. I
0: couldn't agree with you more. And I think, uh, like I said, you know, if you've listened to any of the other shows, um, you know, I, I definitely speak heavily about collaboration. And uh, working together, because you 're right, you you really can build on that momentum of each other, and you know we'll actually you, you know we've we've talked a little bit about um, you know how we can sort of cut down the learning curve or streamline the processes for for you know your population, your target audience that you 're working with when it comes to health and wellness, and so I think as an experienced entrepreneur, you know, yourself or or other entrepreneurs out there, if there's a product or service that you've been working with for a while or you just kind of, you just kind of know how things work and and you've sort of, you know, left enough skin in the game or kind of gotten yourself uh, bruised up a little bit or, you know, you've learned the hard way or maybe even the easy way, you know, I I think there's definitely a place where um, you can kind of... You know, hand that message down or hand that information down to—I don't even say down, but across. You know, I shouldn't say down, but you know, to to a, another fellow budding entrepreneur out there. So um, I, I love collaborating. Just the energy sometimes, especially you know when you're not crispy. Uh, like I'm feeling right now, but uh, somebody's just fresh,
2: yeah, and, and somebody's just
0: fresh and like, oh, idea, idea, you know, product, service, excitement, and you're just like, yeah, right. Let's see how we can harness that and and uh, implement something for you, you know, into your practice.
2: Mm. Yes, no, no, no one professional can provide it all, so we do have to work together and and collaboratively use the skills of one another.
1: That's Love true. It. That's true, Mary. And I wanted to ask you also that um, I know you said that helping people motivates you, that you know that's part of your mission statement is to change the world and make the world a healthier place one person at a time. And I'm paraphrasing here. Sorry if I butchered it a little bit. But in terms of that motivation and what you really want to do, How do you generate your new ideas? Where do they come from and where do you go for inspiration to feel like, okay, I've done this, I have this down, I'd like to bring in some new tool, some new vehicle into my work. Where do you turn? Where do you go for for that information or for that, like if you need a little shot in your entrepreneurial arm, where do you go?
2: You know, I, I often find that things like that come up when I'm least expecting it uh, and and least looking for it that's generally when things like that uh, come my way when I'm just open to finding whatever it is that's going to be in my highest good and looking mm. for you know every encounter and every intervention to be something that is going to help me help others even better i I think a lot of times just talking to my family and my friends. we'll just be brainstorming or just talking, and and they'll often say something, why don't you try this or try that? And uh, I I absolutely credit my kids for a lot of, of what I'm sharing today and the blog and things like that. When your kids tell you, gosh, your advice is great, more people need to hear this, that feels really good, and it's like, okay, I've got to pay attention to that because that's powerful coming from them.
1: Well, that's great. And uh, how old are your children, by the way?
2: Well, my youngest is 19 and is a sophomore at Northwestern in pre-med. And my daughter is going to be 20, gosh, I have to count now, 28 uh, next month and Uh lives in Madison, Wisconsin. And my oldest is 39 and lives in the Bay Area and has three children.
1: Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So you're a grandmother.
2: I am. I am. You are. So 19 to 39, we've had a a child in each decade.
1: Aha. This decade, grandchildren only. (laughs) Right. So Kevin had all of his in one decade, so it's just a very different lifestyle choice in terms of bringing children into the world. Yeah. Right.
2: It just kind of worked out that way, and um, it was the best thing in the world for me.
1: Wonderful. 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 So... In terms of your going forward, we know that your website will be up soon, and that's TurnOnHealth, and that'll be TurnOnHealth.com,
2: perhaps? Yes, yes, and that's the blog. Okay,
1: okay. And will it also have a its own Twitter feed, or will that just be Juice Plus Nurse? Because I know you're at Juice Plus Nurse on Twitter.
2: I haven't quite figured that out yet, but that's a real okay. good uh, collaborative thought for me to be thinking about.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it might be, you may find that your blog may want to have its own Twitter feed. It might kind of have a different audience or it might kind of broaden what you're doing with at Juice Plus Nurse. So that might be something to look at. And will it also have its own Facebook page or will you just work with your personal Facebook page at this point?
2: No, it'll also have its own Facebook page.
1: Okay. that That
2: much I did know. Great. The the technology tends to be my my downfall, but I'm getting there. Okay, all
1: right. Well, you can always ask Kevin. He always has ideas about entrepreneurs and technology, right, Kevin?
2: No, you know it. I love it. Oh, that's great. I could use some tips. Oh, of course,
1: of course. Not a problem. So I know you can fly from Chicago to Denver. You can go to Kevin's house and go through his cabinets and talk about nutrition. (laughs) Kevin can give you some he can take you into his inner sanctum and show you some secrets on Twitter and Facebook.
2: Well, we'll have to schedule that.
1: <laughs> right, right. Sorry, right, Kevin, not to, uh, you know, supersede your we'll own, offer you. your personal... No,
0: not a problem, not a problem. You know, we're just family here. You know, it's <laughs> it's right. fine,
1: it's fine. I send people to his door all the time.
0: You do, you do. Yeah, they do. just randomly yeah. show up. I'm like, okay, they well, do. come on in.
1: right. <laughs> Let me feed you and show you how to start a Twitter account, and then call Keith and, and charge him for the for the for the service, right? So, Mary, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? And in the last few minutes, you shared with us your personal mission statement, the way that you work with people using HeartMath and Juice Plus. You've talked about your book, Turn on Health, that's coming out. The blog, the Facebook page, the Twitter feed what else is on is on the plate for mary turdish, and what else would you like to share in the last few minutes?
2: Well, what I wanted to share I, and i, I, I we didn 't really talk about this too much, but being a holistic nurse, I think has been very integral in everything that i 'm doing, and you know, working on the holistic nurse certification. I'm I'm learning more and more and respecting more Florence Nightingale. And I, I just wanted to make sure that I didn't leave without mentioning that in the 1880s Florence Nightingale wrote that it would take 100 to 150 years before educated and experienced nurses would arrive to change the healthcare system. We are that generation of nurses. And it's been quoted that 21st century nightingales will be the health diplomats and the health coaches. And I think we're seeing that already. I just think that's a really powerful um, concept to remember as nurses. I I think we all know about Florence Nightingale, but we don't really think about the legacy that she left. And and if it's okay, and if I can take a a minute, I've got a Mm -hmm. quote from my holistic nursing journal that I, I kind of just wanted to read to you. Would that be okay?
1: Absolutely. Sure.
2: Okay, It's called the, the Flame of Florence Nightingale's Legacy. And I think it applies to every nurse, holistic or not. And, and I think a nurse can be a holistic nurse no matter what kind of setting she's working in or without letters behind her name. But this this quote says that today our world needs healing and to be rekindled with love. Once Florence Nightingale lit her beacon of lamplight to comfort the wounded, and her light has blazed a path of service across a century to us through her example and through the countless nurses and healers who have followed in her footsteps. Today we celebrate the flame of Florence Nightingale's legacy. Let that same light be rekindled to burn brightly in our hearts. Let us take up our own lanterns of caring Each in our own ways, to more brightly walk our own path of service to the world, to more clearly share our own noble purpose with each other. May human caring become the lantern for the 21st century. May we better learn to take care of ourselves and each other and all of creation. Through our caring, may we be the keepers of that flame, that our spirits may burn brightly, to kindle the hearts of our children and great-grandchildren as they, too, follow in these footsteps.
1: Mm. Wow, thank you, Mary. And can you tell us where that quote came from again, please?
2: That's from my holistic nursing um, text, and it was Diva Marie Beck, who is the international co-director of the Nightingale Initiative for Global Health. And I would encourage any nurse who's listening to go online to www.nightingaledeclaration.net, and that's N-I-T, I'm sorry, N-I-G-H-T-I-N-G-A-L-E, and read the declaration and consider signing it. I think you would find that pretty much every nurse that reads that would find a piece of her in there and would like to join this legacy. Mm.
1: So I'm sending that out on a uh, tweet chat right now. So it's www.nightingaledeclaration.com. Dot net. Dot net and sign the declaration. Okay. I'm just putting that out right now so some folks can see it. And Mary, I'll just let you know that I've been tweeting out quite a bit during this, some quotes and paraphrases of you. So when you go to your Twitter feed under the at icon, you'll see quite a few, quite a few tweets. Uh, with at juice plus uh, juice plus nurse, so just so oh. just to warn you that they will all be there.
2: <laughs> well, that's awesome. And, Thank uh,
1: you. Yeah, we love to use Twitter as a way to promote our guests and allow our guests to have a little more uh, visibility to nurses out there in the world. And the other thing we wanted to mention is that we have a blog at rnfmradio.com, and if you'd like to pen a little article for us periodically or also just send us a link to an article on your new blog, we can link back to it so more people get to see all this wonderful information you're putting out into the world.
2: Absolutely. I will put that on my to-do list for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. great!
0: Yeah, when it's launched, just let us know and we'll have a, a little mini launch party on rnfmradio.com.
2: <laughs> okay, great. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we we would love to do that. So, Mary Turdish, it has been such a delight to have you here on the show. And we'd like to encourage people to find you on Twitter, and you are at Juice Plus Nurse. That's pretty easy to remember. And on Facebook, you said that we could tell people your Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Mary Nichols Turdish. And it's Nichols is N I C H O L S. And Turdish is T E R D I C H. So you can find her there. And I know you're on LinkedIn too. And eventually you'll be at Turnonhealth.com as well, correct?
2: Yes, absolutely. That would be great. I look forward to connecting with everyone and just really appreciate the opportunity to share tonight.
1: Oh well, thank you so much, Mary. It's really been a pleasure. Agreed, Mary. I I
0: feel the same way, and I am, you know, glad to have you out here uh, because it looks like, according to the Declaration, we have to accomplish uh, a healthy world by the year of 2020. So we've got to get uh, cracking on that one.
2: We've got a big message.
1: Yes, we have.
2: That's right.
1: Well, Mary, thank you for doing your part. Thanks for inspiring us, and I'm sure you'll inspire a lot of our listeners. And we look forward to an ongoing relationship with you.
2: Thank you so much. So do I. I look forward to it. It was great to get to know you guys better tonight.
1: Oh, great. Thanks. Well, you have a wonderful night.
2: Thank you. You too.
1: Thanks, Mary. Okay. Good night, Mary. Good night. Wow, Kevin, so that was really inspiring, and to hear that Mary has her own personal mission statement really gives me pause about my own mission statement or lack thereof <laughs>
0: how about well well no i I'm glad you brought that point up because I wanted to to touch on that as well and i mean is that is that somewhat similar along the lines as as we talk? Uh, to nurses about, you know, whether we're coaching them or on the air about their brand and who they are. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, uh, our brands can be born out of those mission statements of, you know, uh, or, you know, our philosophies of, of being a nurse. And that is interesting. Like even then, you know, um, again, not to, to date Mary here, but just the, the fact that that long ago that that was, you know, a topic for a discussion um, in, uh, in a goal, you know, when she was in school
1: sure sure of course and you know it's funny i've done some men's work i've done some retreats uh with the mankind project and i realize actually in that work we often we all come up with mission statements personal mission statements for our lives and i do have one but i've never really looked at that in terms of my work as a nurse my work as a coach what i'm trying to accomplish here and even at rnfm radio and a mission statement actually really does give one a a sense of purpose, a sense of mission, and sort of a direction where you'd like to go. And it's kind of like a resume in a way that your mission and your purpose can change over time. And it's really lovely in a way to write it down and to have a, uh, history and a record of what your mission was at a certain point in your career, for instance, and how it changes over time as you change.
0: Well, I agree. I think it's an evolutionary process. I mean, I, I probably think that uh, for the most part, the mission itself, the statement itself, or at least your mission or, or how you feel, uh, is is very similar, but but... You know, the statement itself might might evolve in the way we want to articulate that uh, that message. You know, to to those that we are serving.
1: Right, right, exactly. And you know, Mary was also talking about the way we can pay it forward. I'm changing subjects here a little bit, but mm. pay it forward in terms of how we take care of ourselves, and then what we teach our children, and what. I mean, she has grandchildren now. I I hope to be blessed with a grandchild in a few years. But to be able to see the fruits of your labor, so to speak, moving through the generations of your family, like you see with your children. You know, your Mm -hmm. children see what you and Katie do, and they are learning from you from day to day. Oh, that's what Daddy does to stay healthy. That's what Mommy does, you know, and that's what we do as a family. And that's part of a mission right there just for being the member of a family and being the parent of of children
0: agreed agreed and you know i don't necessarily i mean i think it's helpful i mean it just adds to your experience but you know working with families uh you know especially with with parents of of young children and and you're working with them and and i think it's amazing how much more they do open up to me when you know, I share my own experiences, my own mm-hmm. uh, trials and tribulations as a parent, you know, raising our kiddos and, and what we're juggling. It's almost as if like, oh, you do know what we're talking about. Um, you know, because a lot of times, again, when you're working with these patients, especially in their homes, they think, oh, you know, who is this guy He's coming in here? You know, telling me like, oh, yeah, this is great in theory, but how can I implement something like that? And, and you yeah. can't. You really can implement it. And, and, and like I said, I'm not afraid to share, you know, what we do in our homes our home, rather, our home, you know, with our children, you know, with especially with our busy, you know, schedules that we do keep. I mean, we both work and, you know, it's it's quite a bit to balance it. But one thing that we, you know, try to at least, you know, our our children don't necessarily see that, you know, we might be sweating on the inside, but, you know, we're cool, you know, on the outside as far as, you know, what, you know, we try to portray to them. But again, the, the, the nutrition is is a big piece, and, and we do follow that in the home, and it's and it's not as if you know we try to say well no sugar ever, but it's just you know uh, within moderation. You know, and our kiddos when they have a uh, a dessert, you know one cookie's enough, and to them that's everything. Uh, because we've established that at a, at a very early age that yeah it's okay to treat yourself because you you know you've done well throughout the day and eaten you know you've gone out and ridden your bike and you've played with your friends and you've eaten well and you know at the end of the day yeah you can have that one cookie and like I said to them it's nothing unusual that they just get the one cookie you know where in a lot of households you might have multiple uh, you know cookies or, or whatever that again sort of transitions to well you know one more one more one more so for them that's just just kind of the limit that we set so anyway um oh and it looks i was going to say keith is that is that Kev, you can hear hear
1: me ha, I here, I, here I am can you hear me Kev
0: i can i can and, and in the oh, studio great. it looks like you're still here and then you're calling so is that you calling me on the phone here as well. Yeah.
1: Okay. Are you hearing me now, Kev?
0: I hear you just fantastic. So Okay,
1: I was I was gonna say that um I did bonk out there, my Skype my Skype just closed for some strange reason. So I was gonna say that, you know, there are a lot of families out there with children who really just don't have the tools. They just don't have the information and in this culture it's sometimes it's just so hard to control mm-hmm. what comes into our lives and into our in, into the, the world around our children. And that really is a struggle. And I, and I take my hat off to you to, for having three young boys right now, Kevin.
0: Well, you know, Keith, it's interesting. Um, and what I learned, not in the beginning, but just over time, especially juggling, you know, Katie and I juggling a crazy schedule. And sometimes, you know, we do get home and we're we're not... We haven't, you know, a lot of times when I try to walk through the door, I'm like, okay, just kind of leave whatever it is at the door so I can be with my family. That doesn't necessarily happen all the time. It's great in theory, but it doesn't happen all the time. But the one thing I will say is that, you know, a lot of families tell me it's much easier for me to say yes than it is to say no. Um, And when it comes to, you know, kiddo is just not happy. They're trying to communicate to you. They're angry. They're frustrated. You know, they want something. And, you know, oftentimes a parent just doesn't have the time or the energy to, you know, really sit down with that kiddo and talk that through. And sometimes it's easier just to say yes. And you do create that um, behavior, uh, that expectation. And And again, I know this sounds great in theory and everything, but it does work. I've taken the opportunity to really sit down with my kiddos uh, for, you know, for whatever reason and just invest that And, and really our kids are kids. I mean, they're like, you know, they have the attention span of what a kid. So it just takes a few minutes, sit down with them and say, okay, what are you trying to tell me? What is it that you you want to tell me? What are you communicating to me? I can tell you're frustrated or I can tell you want something or you want, and you know, we're not, we've got to try to figure out a way to meet in the middle here. And I would say not, not always, but say eight times out of 10, That initial investment that I've made with the kiddo, you know, one of my kiddos, in whatever it is that they're frustrated about, and you know, sometimes you know we want to eat pizza or we want to eat that or we want to splurge or we want to do that, but just sit there with them and just kind of have them tell me, you know, what's going on. I'm listening to them and they they know that I'm listening to them. Um, You know, a lot of times it'll go in the other direction, the direction that I'm actually wanting it to go in. Um, but it allows them that opportunity that they were, we're making that decision together. It's not just me saying no, but we're doing that together. And so, you know, I, I really think that, uh, again, I, I know a lot of you out there think that, oh yeah, it's great in theory, fine, but you know, we just don't have the time or the energy or can't put in that effort. So, but you can, you really can. So, right. I don't know.
1: And, Kev, you know, that's also what we do with our clients and our patients sometimes, that we have to give them that chance to talk. And we also have to see if there's some way for us to make an inroad for that change of lifestyle and that slight alteration that we can make in case there's, you know, there's something that can be changed to do what Mary's trying to do to improve their health over time. And, Kevin, I'm wondering, do we have a caller on the line?
0: Mm, don't I don't know if that's you is that you or is it I don't know oh Hello, I'm not sure interesting
1: yeah I'm not sure I don't oh no that's you Oh, that's me. I see. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Here we are, folks. You know, we're talking about technology, and apparently, I'm supposed to be one of the gurus here. And we're trying, to, like, looking at the studio, and apparently, we haven't <laughs> figured out that that's actually Keith. And the other one is is Keith as well, but he's on another because we get the you know just like caller ID, um, and right. oftentimes it just shows up as one. Interesting. I
1: guess I'm. Well, I'm on the show twice right now. I guess. And you are Keith. You, you know, are omnipresent. I am omnipresent, and, and since I'm omnipresent, I'd like to talk about the guests coming up before we sign off for the night. Yes, yes, yes. So next week, we're very excited to be having Lori Barkin, and she's the author of The Comfort Garden, Tales from the Trauma Unit. I'm two-thirds done with the book. It is an amazing story. I am so inspired. I I can barely put it down, actually. I was reading it all weekend, and Lori is in nurse, and this book, The Comfort Garden, was the American Journal of Nursing number one book for 2011. So you really are going to want to tune in for this show with Lori. And the week after, we'll have Bonnie Gracel. She's a family nurse practitioner and holistic coach, and we'd love to talk with her about advanced nursing degrees and using that holistic nursing in her practice. And on the 5th of November, we have... Candy, who is the gypsy nurse, and she is a travel nurse expert. And that should be very interesting to talk about travel nursing. It's something we've never talked about before here on RNFM Radio. And finally, November 12th, we have Dr. Victoria Rich of the University of Pennsylvania Hospital, and we'll be talking about her nurse rejuvenation center, one of the first in the country, a center built in the hospital for the rejuvenation and wellness of nurses. So we're very excited about all of those upcoming guests, aren't we, Kev?
0: I am, indeed. I'm excited about all the guests that we have on here. It's just so great that um, again, the the show the the audience is growing, and you know our guest list just keeps growing. Um, it really is uh, quite an experience that you know we just started this less than a year ago, and here we are uh, into November. We even have guests into February, so we of, do of 2013. It's just really exciting, Keith. Again,
1: I, I just right. I love what we do. That's right, and people can find you at InnovativeNurse.com, dot com, right, Kevin?
0: Nurse dot com. You you can you probably won't have found me recently. We have I have quite a few guest posts up there, but uh, hopefully you'll be seeing me around there uh, very soon. Oh. Yes, nurse dot is where I am.
1: And you're also on Facebook. You're innovative nurse, and you're mm-hmm. also innovative nurse on Twitter. And likewise, I'm at NurseKeith.com. And I'm Nurse Keith on Twitter and Nurse Keith Coaching on Facebook. So you can find us there. And we're excited to be back next week for episode number 36. We're creeping towards 50, Kevin. And we'll be here with Lori Barkin, author of The Comfort Garden Tales from the Trauma Unit, next Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern. So I will sign off and say have a wonderful week, everyone. Thanks for being here. And let Kevin say his goodbyes. And... That'll be it for tonight.
0: And as always, folks, we really appreciate all of our listeners out there and our guests. And whether you heard it here first or you've heard it here several times, we hope that the content that we're providing to you is valuable and moves the needle for whatever it is that you're doing in your life and in your profession. So, again, thank you so much, and we will uh, be chiming in next week on October 22nd.
1: That's right. Good night, everyone.
0: Good night.